Hi everyone, welcome back to the 21 and Sensory podcast with me, your host, Emily. Um, I've not been a very good host, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, because this is um, episode 14. And although that is great, I realised that I said in episode 13 that I'd be podcasting more. And that was done on, I think, the last day in December last year, so 2018. Um, and it's now currently Monday 6th of May and I'm recording the next one. So I'd like to apologise for the five month delay in podcasting. Um, to be honest, I'd be focusing more on my social media like platforms and keeping those up to date than I have my podcast, which is pretty poor. Um, but yeah, I'm back. I have literally so much to talk about. This is going to be like a bumper episode of um, 21 Century Podcast. Um, I've been really busy this year, um, but it's now kind of starting starting to like kind of get a little bit quieter, um, kind of work-wise for me. Um, you might hear my dog in the background. He's, he's very kind of groany, so sorry if you hear him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of, um, my year's gone a little bit, like a little bit quieter work-wise but I feel like it'll pick up a little bit towards the summer um if you don't know I work full-time as a graphic designer in-house for a company so I'm there like um solo graphic designer so a lot of obviously well all the design work comes to me so I can be quite busy um but yeah it's been good it's been a good year so far um can't quite believe we're in May already um so yeah, I have so much to talk about. I was going to kind of read out some of my blog posts that I've done over the past five months. Um, I want to mention um, my birthday, which is coming up, um, illustrations, am I an illustrator, that sort of thing. Um, I'm also going to um, do like the same feature that I usually do, which is like where you guess um, where I've been, because I've been recording like sounds out and about, like recording sound clips and things, so that should be interesting. And I also want to um, go over some um, Instagram like questions you guys have asked me. So I'm gonna um, kind of I've got a huge list of all the questions that you've asked me like on Instagram and Twitter over the past five months. So I thought I'd read them out on my podcast just in case anyone was interested in them. So I'll go over that as well. Um, other than that, I think um, there's there's lots more news that I want to share and stuff. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this podcast and let me know via social media if you um, have listened to it. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so um, let's get into the whole kind of questions that I've been asked and answers I've given via Instagram. Um, I tend to do this quite often, so I'll just put up like an Instagram story and say, um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to um, message me. And Instagram has this little like question box that you can type questions into. Anyway, so questions I have been asked. Let's have a look. I've got them all up on my computer. So the first one I have been asked is, oh, I've got to scroll down to it. Okie dokie. Do you ever feel weird slash different slash insecure because of your sensory processing disorder? So, 
this is a really great question and if I'm honest I do like 100% feel weird because it's like my senses are always on like a high alert and everything is too loud, bright, colourful, strong smelling, scratchy etc. I do feel like very different especially because of my age, Um, I'm 24, almost 25. Um, I think people expect me to be like out 24-7 socialising, drinking, partying, like that sort of thing. But that's why I kind of made my blog and my Instagram and my Twitter and my podcast because I really want to find other people out there who are struggling with the same things like daily um, as me and just talk kind of all things sensory related as well as um, sharing tips and tricks. Um, so I've chatted to so many amazing people and so I do feel like I'm part of a community of other like lovely people who understand exactly what it's like. So I hope that kind of answered that question. Um, what's the first signs you notice when you're beginning to be sensory overloaded? So for me, it tends to be my mood plummets and I have like a fight or flight response, which means I'll start to kind of cry and escape the environment quickly. Um, sometimes I'm quite good at kind of masking how I feel so I won't sort of cry until I get home. Um, so I'm quite good at removing myself, for example, from like a loud situation if I'm starting to feel super overwhelmed or on the verge of a meltdown. Um, Also, I feel like I can get super hot or super cold and then that kind of makes me feel totally zoned out, which is never very nice. So those are the kind of like initial first signs I get. Okay, so next question. What happens to you when you're in sensory overload? Um, So this is equally like a good question, but it's always like a weird, like hard thing to explain. Like it's almost like I'm shutting down, like if you picture like shutting down a computer um i feel totally overwhelmed and i get like incredibly emotional tearful zoned out and generally just feel odd um i tend to bite my nails really badly and this ramps up even more during times like this i can go quite non-verbal and not be able to explain to anyone what's really happening um my my go-to thing is to like try and find the nearest toilet that i can lock myself in um which helps me escape the environment or the situation that started the whole overload And then when I get home, I tend to retreat to my room and lie under my weighted blanket um, and duvet. So um, I kind of then experience a sort of sensory hangover, which I'll come back to later in the podcast. And it just means that I need to be in a quiet place on my own for a bit to kind of recuperate and feel better. Okay, next question. How does stress affect your ability to handle different sensory stimuli? Oh, that was a mouthful, right. Okay, so for me, I feel like stress makes everything sensory-wise like 100% worse, which isn't great. So I find I can kind of tip into sensory overload or a meltdown much quicker when I'm stressed. And even like a sudden noise or annoying smell can really like grate on my nerves. So I try and stick to routine and work like the same hours each day and take regular breaks, etc. But I also have a to-do list that keeps me on track daily in my life and work. Like I feel like I couldn't function without having a to-do list because I forget things easily. <laughs> um, I always try and avoid stressful situations where possible, and I feel like I'm I'm slowly getting better at saying no to things, like events that I don't feel I can handle. Okay, next question. How do you handle the overwhelm when you feel like you have made someone uncomfortable? Ooh. So I try not to overthink things. I think the worst thing you can do is rerun over what you've said, like, and overanalyze things. Because it can lead to like so much stress and like unnecessary angst. Um, I struggle with this um, as it's kind of so easy to lay awake at night and overthink things. 
but I think you've just got to remember that the other person isn't thinking about the conversation you had with them hours ago like they've moved on with their day and lives and I think it's important to remember that a bit like I feel like I almost I almost can't say this because I'm very much someone who will overthink things and stay awake at night and think why did I say that in that conversation even if it's like a few weeks ago or something um but yeah just try and remember that they the, the other person's probably moved on with their lives so just think you know it doesn't matter to them um right what do you do regarding not understanding typical boundaries in social in social or work context i.e talking religion at work Ooh, this can be difficult because the boundaries are never very clear and i totally understand that like try and put yourself in someone else's shoes and think could this spark a debate or like upset somebody like before you go ahead and talk about it so like for example i don't talk about politics with anyone because to be honest i don't understand it all (laughs) um but also i know that like something like politics and like i don't know what party or group you're behind or whatever like i know people can be quite sensitive to that topic so i i don't understand politics at all let's take politics for an example so i just i don't i don't engage in any conversation about it and if someone asks me my opinion I say to be honest it's not something I, I just be upfront. I say it, it kind of goes all over my head and politics is not something I understand a great deal about I think it's better to be honest in that situation so yeah that's what I suggest um okay do you ever punish yourself by not allowing yourself to stim I don't think so like if anything I'm the opposite so like I can forget that like stimming can help me which is like why I have a post-it note on my sensory slash fidget box that says um helpful crap use me (laughs) um which people have commented on because I think I've posted my sensory box on YouTube and people always find that little post-it note hilarious but it reminds me to use the stuff in it um I just forget in times of overwhelm like what helps me and I think like just to add you should never punish yourself for anything like whether it's stimming etc like you shouldn't punish yourself for not doing it or for doing it you know it's up to you what makes you happy and what kind of you know works for you okay um then like i kind of get not just sensory questions which is totally fine i'm open to answering whatever so someone asked me what my favorite weather was which was very interesting and I think my favourite weather is blue skies and sunshine, but like not like baking hot, because um, I'm very pale <laughs> and I get sunburnt very easily. And I tend to wear like um, jumpers all year round as like sensory wise. I don't like having bare arms, so I don't, I never go out in like a t-shirt. Um, I always have like long sleeves on. Um, so I'd say that's my favourite weather. Um, someone else asked me, do you have a favourite sensory seeking activity? And they said that theirs was stepping in damp mud slash sand. Which, this is a good question. Um, I'd say I'm more of a sensory defensive person than a sensory seeker. So I would actively avoid things like mud and sand. Um, I do love like things like motion though. So things like swings, um, like in the park and stuff like that. I'm very much that sort of person. And I quite like, like, I don't know. I'm not scared of heights, that sort of thing. I kind of enjoy kind of motion and being up high which is very weird um also i like kind of like deep pressure stuff like weighted blankets which i find are definitely the best um okay what's your favorite fidget toy currently 
So that's a really tough one, actually. Um, I love, like, I have this little sequin doorstop at the moment. It's like a weighted doorstop that I sit with, like, on my lap. And I brush the sequins on it, like, back and forwards. Uh, I think you can get, like, cushions and, like, notebooks with, like, these sequins that you can, like, almost, like, write in because they go, like, back and forward. So that's one of my favourite um, stims at the moment. But I also love my Chewy Gem, like, Chewy necklaces. Um, I have, like, two or three of them. Three? Yeah, three. Um, if you're interested in looking at my Chewy Gem necklaces, I think I've posted about them on my Instagram and on my blog. Um, but yeah, they're really good. Um, so those are my two. I kind of said two, I didn't have a, a one favourite <laughs> fidget. Um, I had this, this is a really random question, but I'm totally open to answering whatever. Um, someone asked me if I had ever smoked any weed. And um, I have never smoked any weed. And I don't ever intend to. Um, I don't smoke and I don't do drugs and I actually don't really drink any alcohol at all um, and I'm happy that way so just just to let you know um, another question I got is how have you been it's been a while hope you're all right I said um, yeah it has been a while since I've um, kind of done the Q&A and stuff um, but I've just been mega busy at work uh, it's been a bit kind of hectic the past few months but obviously I am back um, okay, how do you explain SPD to non-autistics? Ooh, good question. So usually, um, I put it, like, really simply. I just say, like, SPD is, like, um, a sort of neurological traffic jam in my head. So I'm kind of receiving too many signals at once that I can't really filter or, like, process properly, which can end up in me having, like, a sensory meltdown or burnout. So I feel like I receive information like 24-7 and my brain just can't process it all. And it's kind of very overwhelming sensory-wise because everything seems to be like too bright, too loud, etc. So that's how I would explain it, like kind of briefly. Um, okay. Someone else asked me, do you identify within the ASD spectrum or do you find SPD fits more uniquely? So I'm actually, I'm diagnosed or like assessed with sensory processing disorder but I think recently I've kind of come to the realisation, um, age 24, <laughs> that I think I might actually sit on the autistic spectrum. Um, my psychologist um, at the time, so this was a few months ago, um, was very keen for me to go and have an ASD assessment. So I'm still on like waiting list for that. Um, so I feel like I have a lot of sensory related problems. So at the moment the SPD label works well for me in a way because it sums up all my kind of problems but my sensory kind of bits and pieces um I do feel like I sit on the spectrum somewhere um and maybe that would work as well in terms of you know in in a tough situation explaining to someone quickly oh I'm I'm on the autism spectrum you know that might kind of be an easier thing to say rather than you know I have sensory processing disorder because not as many people have heard of that as they have of autism if that makes sense Okay, uh, next question. How did you get diagnosed with sensory processing disorder? So this is um, something I've kind of blogged about before. I think it's on my About Me page as well, on my blog. Yeah, um, but anyway, um, I was diagnosed and assessed as having sensory processing disorder age sort of eight by an occupational therapist. So I was referred to the OT by an educational psychologist that I saw when I was having problems at school. Um, I found school, um, primary school really difficult and secondary school to be fair, but primary school particularly difficult um, in terms of kind of settling in and fitting in and I just struggled generally. 
Um, so yeah, um, I've since kind of returned to different OTs throughout my life and I found occupational therapy, um, the most helpful therapy for my sensory issues. So if you want to know more about that, um, go over to my blog, read my about me page and I think I've got links to bits and pieces as well. There's a whole kind of um, bio section that you can read. And then I think the very last question, let me double check it's the last question, it is... How do you deal with slimming when you need to be perceived as strong? I think this is a really interesting question because I don't think slimming makes you come across as weak or anything. Like it's a it's a very specific question and I would say that I stim more at home and not in my workplace. Maybe I, I think I do subtly kind of I don't know, um like with my feet and hands under the desk at work. Um but I never really think about it being like a strong or weak or for doing it or not, I guess. Like, I think you should be, you know, happy, like do whatever makes you happy in life. And if stimming like gives you joy and it gives you that kind of like, I don't know, sensory regulation, then you should, you should go for it. Because if it's something that helps you, um, I don't know, helps you in the world around you to kind of make sense of it all, then I don't see why it's a problem. And I don't think you're you should see it as a strong or weak thing. It's a thing that helps you cope in life. And I think, go for it. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a really long Q&A. So those are all the questions I've had over the past five months. So we're actually, this has been almost 15 minutes of questions. Um, if you have any more questions, do feel free to either message me on Instagram or Twitter or um, my email. I think it's 21sensory at gmail.com. I've also started trying out this thing that a lot of um, people I've seen on Instagram are using which is I think it's called tell on tell on me tell on I, I don't know how you say it um but I have I think that link is on my Instagram as well which is like it's kind of like an anonymous um place you can ask questions um online so if you search 21 century on that website you'll find me on that and you can ask me an anonymous like a question anonymously which I understand like sometimes people have want to ask something but they're worried about you know me knowing who it is and stuff like that which I totally understand um so yeah you can try that out as well I'll leave a link um in the like show notes as people who have podcasts say <laughs> um so that if you do want to ask a question anonymously you can okay I hope that was interesting um yeah and um I will continue to answer your questions and um yeah don't ever feel worried to um message me So I want to talk to you guys about something um, that I experience quite a lot. Um, it's called sensory hangover. Well, that's what I refer to it as. But I think a lot of people call it kind of like a social hangover almost. So I'm going to explain what on earth a sensory hangover is. And before you listen to me explain what it is, it doesn't have anything to do with drinking or alcohol consumption. <laughs> um, so to me, like a sensory hangover is a term I've started to use like in my head to describe the state in which I'm left in, like after being in an overwhelming place or environment or like scenario, etc. So a sensory hangover like begins, like I would say on instant return to my house. So I can get emotional and feel like totally overwhelmed and stressed out. So an example of this, 
I was invited to my friend's 21st birthday. This is an example from a while back, so obviously I'm 24. Um, so yeah, I was invited to my friend's 21st birthday party, and it was at her house, and it was like a surprise birthday party, and I hate surprises. <laughs> I felt really awful and sick, and like spaced out for the first part of the evening, because my friend wasn't even at the party, and I kind of managed to hang out with two other girls that I knew. Then when my friend came into the room, I had to like ready myself for everyone shouting surprise like super loud with much like clapping, hugging, kissing and music and um, music like accompanying it all. So it was all kind of too much and I made my excuses and I left like relatively early in the evening. Um, And then when I got home, I cried a lot and my parents were like understanding, but I just couldn't hold my emotions in and I felt completely weird for the rest of the evening and most of the next day. Like, what I'm trying to say is it took, like, a real chunk of my energy out of me, and I was left sort of unable to process everything and all messy inside my head. So now, obviously, I'm much older. I try to be way more conscious of where I go, for how long, and what will be there that could affect me. I do say no more often now, um, although I have, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, FOMO, which is just fear of missing out. So I know it's for the better, and I'm, like, way, way happier not going and having a chilled night instead. Um, sound is like a huge issue for me and can really quickly bring on a sensory hangover so I feel physically drained and unable to process or like compute what people are saying in noisy situations so I prefer to just remove myself from them entirely Um, I think like the sensory hangover can then move on a bit and I have episodes of like intense OCD where I feel the urge to like clean obsessively like whether it's like myself in terms of like having a bath or shower or like my bedroom, or tidying another room in the house. Um, I quite like um, organising cupboards. (laughs) Um, It like keeps me busy and distracted and occupied, which I find helpful. And I really enjoy tidying my room and putting things away every few days. Um, Anyway, so to come back to it, to put it simply, a sensory hangover describes the physically tired, mentally drained, and totally spaced out feeling I have after an overwhelming social interaction. The feeling of a sensory hangover will come over me sort of immediately after an overwhelming thing and can last from a few minutes to even a day in length, which to me equals not cool. Um, I'd be really interested to hear if any of you guys have experienced a sensory slash autistic type slash call it whatever you want kind of suits you sort of hangover. I know a lot of people have like kind of, um, they describe it as like autistic burnout or autistic meltdown kind of thing where you're just kind of physically tired and I feel like this all comes under the same kind of you know tree of kind of hangover if that makes sense um but yeah if you've ever experienced anything like that it'd be really interesting to hear your experience um um yeah I just I think it'd be really good to like spread awareness of this sort of thing and I know that also a lot of kind of introverted people experience this with like social things that like totally like zap their energy and they have to kind of it's almost like a case of recharging your batteries is you kind of go home recharge yourself in order to get back out in the world again um so yeah I just thought I'd share that with you guys and yeah let me know what you think okay everybody your favorite feature has returned it is guess the noises (laughs) I don't even know if it's anyone's favourite feature to be honest but I enjoy doing it so yeah um, how many do you know what let's have a look how many noises did I record 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 okay I have 9 different noises I have recorded 
out in the world and I'm going to play them one after another and then um, I'll, I think I'll separate them with a beep like I usually do and then at the um, so you can kind of either write them down and try and guess them or um, at the end I'll just tell you what they all are. So yeah, um, try and guess the noise guys.
Right then, could you guys guess any of the noises at all? If you did guess any of them, tweet me, message me, email me, tell me if you even like this feature. <laughs> if you don't, I can totally scrap it. Um, yeah, okay, so the first noise was the noise of what probably most of you know is the self-checkouts. Whoop! Those self-checkouts at supermarkets and grocery stores all around the world. Yes, don't we love them? <laughs> I would, I'm one of those people who would prefer to go to a self-checkout um, than a real human. I'm sure there's lots of us out there. Um, the one thing I don't like about self-checkouts is that usually they don't work, so they usually require a human to come and sort them out. Um, but there's just so much beeping. So much beeping. Um, which can be a little bit annoying. Um, I don't think I could ever work at a supermarket. I have worked in retail, but it wasn't a supermarket. Um, just because it's such a noisy environment and I feel like tannoy announcements and stuff like that would catch me off guard all the time. So yeah, anyway, that was me at self-checkout. Um, I think it was either a Tesco or a Sainsbury's in the UK. Um, yep, so well done if you guessed that. I, I don't think, I started off easy, let's be honest guys, I started off easy. Um, okay, so the second thing I recorded was um, a bath running or a bath filling. Um, so this was just me um, running a bath and I thought also it would be nice to bring something relaxing sounding to the whole guess the noise feature because usually it's lots of really annoying sounds. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd add in a relaxing one for once. So that was a nice little bath running. Um, okay, so the third noise I recorded was some ambient sound in a restaurant. So well done if you guessed that, you probably did. Um, it was just kind of background noise, um, uh, I think I recorded it between eating, like, a main meal, um, yeah, I mean, I find it, like, restaurants are quite, um, 
uh, difficult, like, because you have to try and filter the noise, as well as, like, eating, which sounds really stupid, but I've done a blog post on this before, where I've said that I find it really difficult to, like, filter the conversations going on around me, filter the conversations of the people who were in front of me, and also know whether I'm full or not. I get this really weird thing where I can't, when I'm in a noisy environment, I can't tell if I'm full or not. I just, I don't get that, like, sensory feeling or feedback, which I know is weird, but I have mentioned this before in a blog post and previous podcast, I think. Um, yeah, so that was background noise in the restaurant, bit noisy, always difficult to talk to people because, like, I'll find I'm trying to concentrate on them and I can see their lips moving, but I can hear the stuff around me <laughs> more. Um, so it's a case of tuning in, like you tune in a um, TV. <laughs> Um, okay, number four was um, I was in a bar, which is very unlike me. So it was um, a work colleague's leaving do, and she'd been at the company that I'm at for eight years. Um, I've been at the company for about 18 months, but um, I felt like I had to go kind of thing as she was like quite a big um, like part of our team. Um, so we went to a bar and I think you can kind of hear the like jazz music in it. So it was kind of, um, it's a relatively small bar, um, in my like town centre, which was quite nice. Um, but yeah, obviously like you can hear everyone's talking. So we're in like a kind of, there's like a relatively big group of us, about nine or 10 of us, um, around a table, but there's also music in the background, which is really difficult to filter out. Um, but I managed to order a mocktail. Um, which I was very proud of because it was a super loud environment <laughs> and I managed to pay for that without feeling too awkward. So yeah, I feel like I did well in that situation. Um, so I was quite proud of myself. Okay. Um, what noise are we up to? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, so this, I think this was, um, I went to a conference with one of my fave people and, um, it's like a kind of big, um, like, what do you call them, like exhibition centres kind of thing, so we went one of those and it was like super echoey um, the noise wasn't like ridiculous I think it was just a kind of do you know what I mean, like when it's like a kind of hubbub of like kind of background noise ish and it's quite a large um, kind of setting, so everything kind of bounces off all the like walls and ceilings, so it was just I don't know, I don't, I got on fine in that sort of environment, obviously there's like lots of people walking around, and this was like a conference for, um, like it was like a kind of technology um, conference, um, so I found it really interesting, and there was lots of like um, design software and stuff, and design hardware, so I did, it was like quite an interesting thing for me to go to, and it was nice that I could go with someone as well, um, because of the transport, um, yeah, and so that was number five. Number six, I can't, I don't know whether I can play too much of it, so that's why it was only short, was because I recorded it at a gig, um, I went to a gig everybody, like, what, Emily went to a gig and survived, <laughs> so basically I was really worried about this, it was my favourite band, if you don't recognise them, it's Two Door Cinema Club, check them out, they are my fave band, they are awesome, they're just releasing, um, like some new singles and a new album later on this year, so would totally recommend listening to them literally my fave band um so yeah i went to go see them live and this is the third time i've seen them live um just because i'm obsessed with them and like each time i feel it's got better because the first time i saw them when was the first time i saw them first time i saw them was the o2 in london super loud um 
The next time I saw them was Alexandra Palace in London, again, slightly smaller kind of venue. And then the last venue that I saw them in was like near Shoreditch, again, London, but this was much smaller. There was like, I would say no more than like a thousand people, maybe a few hundred. I don't know. Um, anyway, and it was so good. It was, it was really loud. I'm not gonna lie, but it wasn't as loud as the other two concerts. And I really enjoyed it. And I got to see my fave band live and it was so good. And the two supporting acts, um, uh, we knew as well. I went with my sister, um, which kind of leads on to the next noise, which is number one, two, six. No, I'm on number six, number seven, (laughs) which was, if you you probably guessed it, it was the tube in London. Um, So we got on, me and my sister got on a couple of different tubes to get there. We got like the train into Waterloo and then a couple of different trains to get there. Um, A couple of different tubes, sorry, to get there. Um, which was, it was alright because it was later on in the evening, it wasn't as mentally busy, but Waterloo was pretty noisy. Um, if you haven't ever been to Waterloo before, it's quite, it's like a main train station in <laughs> London. Um, and there's so many different platforms that go out from there, so many different trains, and there's, it's always busy there. There's always, it's very much a place people go through constantly. So, um, yes, very busy. But yeah, I got on the tube, um... It's fine for short periods of time, and like I once tried, um, I once did an internship in London for about a month, and I got the tube. Um, actually, I got the train in and then the tube every day just to trial to see if I wanted to work in London. And the answer to that question was no, I did not. <laughs> it was just too much to handle, um, like the tube every day, and also like working in London was quite, it was quite difficult. So. I tried it and decided I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, uh, next one, which is number eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I li- literally am awful with numbers. Eight was a fire alarm at my um, workplace. So it's so annoying. Like, obviously, I understand workplaces have to like do a like we're testing the alarms, and they like they say it like via tannoy, so it goes to all the offices. Like, we're testing the alarms. Um, please don't take any action. So they test them and every time, like they don't, they do the tannoy and then there's a huge pause, like a huge gap between the tannoy and the fire alarm. So I'm sat at my desk and I'm not joking you, I jump out of my skin every time. I think my work colleagues think I have some sort of issue because I literally jump out of my skin. It's so noisy. Like if you go back and listen to it again, it's pretty noisy and it does, it goes on for a little bit sometimes. Um, So yeah, fire alarm, woo. And then the last noise, number nine. Yes, I got the number right. Um, number nine was our. Um, I went to like a local pub with my family for lunch. I think yes, yeah. Um, so that was just the background noise in our local pub. Um, I think there was also like they tend to like show sports games and stuff, so that's why it was kind of noisy. I think it was like a Sunday, so. Lots of people like to go and watch the football there. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer a pub to a club and a bar and a restaurant. So I'm all for pubs. <laughs> so um, yeah, everyone, those were my nine very random um, noises. And well done if you guessed 
like any of them. If you guess more than one, I, I'm impressed. My standards are pretty low. <laughs> um, so yeah, let me know if you want that feature to come back or whether to scrap it. But I quite enjoy kind of recording bits and pieces um, as I go about my life. So yeah. So I want to talk to you guys about a hunt that I went on in March. This was the hunt for noise cancelling headphones and it was a long one. Since like January I had been looking and pondering about a pair of noise cancelling headphones. So I'd actually been obsessively comparing and watching YouTube reviews um, on like which were the best brand to invest in. Um, so I hadn't ever owned wireless or noise cancelling headphones before. Um, just like the like you know the ones that come with like um, iPhones like just the in-ear sort of ones um, but I knew that I needed some like soon um, because like more people were moving into my like open plan office at work so the background noise um, can get like too much and it sort of tips me over the edge mood wise so after much deliberation I went for the Sony WH-1000XM3s so they're like the latest ones. I think there's XM2s. They're just the ones that came out previously. But I'm, I went for the XM3s. Um, which I think I got off Amazon. Yeah. Um, and so far I'm like really liking them. I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to unbox them. Because I'm rubbish at opening new stuff. Like I still have new shoes. I'm struggling to get into. So um, yeah I always have that problem. <laughs> but um, I shared the process of them. Um, like uh, me unboxing them and pairing them with my phone on my Instagram stories. So if you want to have a look, just click on the sounds highlight under my Instagram profile. Um, so far, they're like super comfy. I was really worried about them sitting funny over my head because I've got glasses, which I wear 24-7. And like the ends of them, I was worried that they'd like pinch behind my ears or like push in between like into the back of my head because like I find ear defenders do that because they, they're so tight to your head. But I can confirm they are a great pick for glasses wearers because they don't kind of they don't smush your glasses into your face, which is really annoying. Um, so would recommend. Um, they also have active noise cancelling, so it's called ANC, and ambient noise mode settings, um, which depend on if you're sitting, standing and travelling. So um, also they have this really cool feature that if you're listening to music and someone comes up to you for a conversation or say like you walk into a coffee shop to order something, you can just place the palm of your hand over, um, I think it's a right hand ear cup and you can instantly hear what's being said in the place you're like in. So it like cuts out the like noise cancelling, ambient sound or whatever music you're playing so that you can actually hear without taking your headphones off. It's super clever and it means that you don't have to take your headphones on and off all the time. So I'm actually yet to try them on public transport, but in a quiet environment, they've been pretty good. Um, the only thing I will say is that you can kind of still pick up voices a little bit, which I guess it's not like a bad thing because you don't want to totally shut out the world because, you know, say if you're crossing a road or something like that, it might be dangerous or if you're traveling and you miss your stop sort of thing. Um, they have 30 hour battery life. Um, it's 38 hours battery life if you don't have the noise cancelling on. And there's also an option to switch to like the wired connection. So just plug in a wire um, to the headphones um, if they run out of battery. So you can still use them as headphones. And the accompanying app has like literally oodles of different like features and sound configurations to like play and test out. So I think there was like equalizer things and you could like, you could change the kind of sound to like kind of more bassy or like club or party like. Like there's literally so many options. 
Um, so I don't know if you guys would be interested, but I might do like a little review post like on my blog after a few months of using them. Um, so that was just kind of my initial sort of unboxing sort of thing. I haven't used them since. Um, they are really comfy, like you can wear them for like a couple of hours easily, um, which is quite good. And I hear people that like I've read reviews and also um, watch some YouTube um, videos of people who like wear them on flights and stuff. And they seem to be quite comfortable for like a few hours and they seem to be really good at that, uh, like um, cancelling out the noise of like an airplane, which can be quite noisy when you're on board. So yeah, um, I'd recommend them so far. I think it's the only thing that lets it down a little bit is you can still hear kind of through the noise cancelling. I think I thought they'd be like, I don't know, like totally noise cancelling or like totally cut out background noise, but they don't like entirely. Um, yeah, so I would recommend them. I, do, I think I, at the moment I give them a 9 out of 10, which is not bad at all. Um, I think I got them off Amazon. They are pricey, I'm not going to lie. I did save up for them. I think they were just under £300, which I know is really expensive and I know not everyone can afford. Um, so it is something I saved up for and it is um, some money that I'd saved up from birthdays and things. Um, but I would... I would have a look around on Amazon and also on YouTube for like reviews and things because there's some really good like middle ground ones that are sort of 30, 40 quid and some of those have like ridiculous reviews on Amazon. They have like 2,000 reviews worth of like four or five stars. So I don't think, don't get hung up on the amount and you know, the amount of money because you can get some really decent um, noise cancelling headphones and I'd never had them before so I wanted to get a pair that was going to last me and I knew I wanted to use them at work as well as at home so I went for a little bit more expensive and I do understand that they are pricey but um, there's definitely some really good reviews on YouTube for um, like loads of different price ones so um, I definitely recommend checking them out. Um, yeah let me know what you think. Um, I've had another person who's messaged me on Instagram say they also have those headphones and they really enjoy them and also another person who's thinking about buying them. So if you have any questions, do let me know. So I thought I'd share like a little trip that I went on. <laughs> um, so I actually visited a zoo um, with my favourite person, and I really enjoyed seeing so many different animals. Um, this was a few weekends ago, um, but I thought I'd share uh, like um, some photos that I took. So those are on my Instagram and my blog. Um, this wasn't too far back, this was, when was it actually? This was in March, so you wouldn't have to scroll that far back. Um, so yeah, um, I haven't been to a zoo in years. Um, short, tragic story guys, last time I went to a zoo when I was little, I cried profusely during a free elephant feeding session, <laughs> during which an elephant touched my hand, which really freaked me out. <laughs> um, yeah, not cool, and my family reminded me of this at every possible opportunity, so... Anyway, apart from that um, previous tragic story, it was a really interesting environment to visit. So I hadn't been in ages, so I didn't realise like there's so many different indoor and outdoor areas. Um, there were lots of loud children, it's not a complaint, it's just an observation, but there was loads to see and do. Um, my favourite areas to visit were the incredible sea lion tunnel, where you could walk underneath, they're like huge tanks, and you can see them swimming past. Um, if you look at my... Um, Instagram or blog you can see the video that I took of them they literally like swim right over this tunnel and it's so cute they come up so close to you as well 
Um, also, I loved visiting the penguins at this um, zoo because you can see them swimming underwater in one section, and then you like get to like go like up close to them on dry land too. And it was really, it was it's so good. Like, I don't know, just to be able to like, you were literally like, I don't know. I say like a lot, sorry. Um, they were the other side of this glass like partition and you could sort of lean over it a bit so you could actually see them without being kind of behind a big kind of glass. I don't know, kind of, I don't know, zoo thing. So what do you call it? Zoo like, um, oh, like a zoo enclosure. That's what I'm looking for. So it was really cool because you could actually like properly see them and they were like coming up to the glass and you can look over and there were all different types and it was really cool. Um, I also got to see some meerkats, um, which you'll see on my Instagram and blog post. They were literally just like you see them on TV. All stood up. So cute. But yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if you guys have like a favourite zoo, a park, museum, garden, like that you like visiting. Like if you do, let me know because like I'm really keen to, I don't know, go and visit more kind of animals and stuff and... It was really good fun, like I underestimated how much fun it would be and even though it was a, it was a bit noisy, it was really good fun and I definitely recommend it. It's it's a really good day out, Azu, and I think even like even if you take your own snacks and stuff and have a little picnic, you can like make a real day of it. Um the me and the um person that I went with, we had um a cream tea, um, which was really nice. Um they had like a little tea room and we had tea and scones um so that was a really nice kind of little treat um in the middle of the day to like keep us going um but yeah would recommend um let me know if you guys recommend anywhere else that you think i should visit and yeah i totally underestimated how cool zoos are <laughs> so i have a really quick like little story that i want to mention from a doctors that like I went to go visit um he was a consultant actually so I don't know it's been going around in my mind for like a couple of days and I sort of feel the need to share it further I did share it on my Instagram stories as well um so I saw a consultant at my local hospital for an appointment and he wanted to go over my medical history which I was more than happy to do so we just proceeded to do that and I explained what medications I'm on and like the reasons behind them so I'm on five different medications at the moment. I'm trying to hopefully get them down at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, so I explained what medications I was on and the reasons behind them. And I explained like about past therapy I'd had, um, nothing particularly exciting. Um, I also happened to mention that um, following ther- like the last set, like set of therapy I'd done, that I was actually waiting an autism assessment. And the consultant was like, oh, really? And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, but you don't look like you have autism. And then I was just like sat there with like, I had no words. I was like, sorry, (laughs) like what? (laughs) Like you, he said, you don't look like you have autism. I was like, you shouldn't have, he like, he shouldn't have said that. Okay. At all, really. And maybe he didn't mean to phrase it that way. Like, I totally understand, but I think like having thought that over it was actually like a potentially kind of harmful thing to do like to say someone doesn't look autistic is not like in any way okay and it's actually like me awaiting an assessment it's personal and quite private to me 
Like, you can't say if someone is or isn't autistic by looking at them. Like, it's common sense, right? <laughs> um, I just kind of thought and expected a bit better from a consultant. And I understand he might have said it wrong in the moment, totally get that. But I think it's quite harmful to say you don't look like you have autism. I think he thought because maybe I was giving good eye contact, maybe I was speaking... I don't know, like I am now, you know, I was forming, you know, a good conversation with him that he thought I might, I didn't look like I have autism. Just saying that is like, what? (laughs) How can you say someone doesn't look like they have autism? So yeah, I thought I'd just share that little nugget of story. Um, I don't know, I, I expected more of a consultant. And it was something I really had to brush off. I just thought, there's no point. It's not like I was going to argue. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the sort of person who argues um, um, or raises their voice or anything. Um, so I did sort of brush it off. But like thinking back to it, I was like, I think it was lucky that he'd said that to me and not someone else in a way. Because that could have been really hurtful to someone else to say that and really have kind of knocked their confidence a bit. So I just thought I'd share it. Um... I don't know. I'm all about sharing my experiences and I just think it wasn't it wasn't the right thing to say and I hope I hope maybe like the NHS might kind of I don't know. Like I've been I was speaking to someone on Instagram who I won't name who um says that they're like sport for like autistic patients and stuff in hospitals like some of it's okay like they understand that autistic patients need you know they have different you know needs but that actually there's no real kind of training for people who work for the NHS and this girl I was talking to um actually works in the NHS and she's autistic and she's not really finding that she's got the right support at the moment um and I just feel like they're glossing over the fact that you know there's autistic patients but there's also autistic people working for the NHS and I don't know just just a little bit more awareness a little bit more training I know budgets and stuff like whatever I get that but I don't know a little bit of awareness a little bit of training could could help it really could um yeah so just thought i'd mention that <laughs> um let me know you like your guys experience with stuff like that like with hospital appointments doctor's appointments that sort of thing um at the moment it's quite frustrating for like our gps um like our doctor's surgery at the moment it takes two months to get um just a general appointment um they're really good about emergency appointments um they're, they're really good about that sort of thing but say you need a medicine review or like a general checkup or something like that um it can take two months <laughs> to like get uh an appointment so I think last time I had to wait like I booked it for like five six weeks in advance because that was the only appointment I could get um and luckily it wasn't you know important like you know it wasn't it wasn't an emergency and I know they're good about that sort of thing but it's difficult because I don't know if you need your medicine reviewed if you need if you need an appointment and it's not an emergency like you still need an appointment so that's something that me and my family are finding frustrating at the moment 
um, is that, you know, we can't really get to our GPs um, within a few, you know, even if it was a couple of weeks wait, I understand that. But when it's a few weeks, you know, things can get worse or, you know, you, you struggle a bit. So, yeah, this wasn't just <laughs> this wasn't just a doctor story, was it? Um, I went I went off on one, as I always do. Um, yeah, let me know what your experience is with um, not just the NHS. Um, the hospital appointment I went to, that was a private um, appointment, but it wasn't an NHS consultant. Um, but let me know what your kind of experiences have been with both private and NHS um, appointments and things. I'd find it really interesting to know, actually, because I'm sure different parts of the UK and Ireland and stuff, like, they have different, like, appointment, like, how they work things out. So it'd be interesting to know if you guys want to share. Um, so yeah, let me know. So a few weeks ago, um, what week was it? It was from the 1st to the 7th of April. It was World Autism Awareness Week. Um, I don't know if you guys saw anything about it on like social media or anything like that. Um, but I was asked by um, Katie at Chewy Gem um, to sort of um, do a video or like an audio recording of myself explaining what autism meant to me. Um, so I did that. I sent... Um, Katie back an audio file um, and Chewy Gem put like a big video together on their Facebook about um, World Autism Awareness Week and what it means to individuals. So I thought I'd just read out what I recorded, so basically record it again. <laughs> so um, what does autism mean to me? So autism to me means we are different and not less. We interpret the world around us differently, which means we struggle to process both the physical and emotional things in our everyday lives. And that's okay. We are unique and have our own routines, structures and schedules that work for ourselves. We are constantly having to adapt to new environments, new people, new experiences and new clothes which have annoying labels in the back of them. <laughs> we have in-depth knowledge on our special interests. We stim. We are sensory beings who think and feel deeply and we have super cool fidget toys and chewy jewellery. We are a community of babies, toddlers, children, teenagers and adults on a spectrum that's supported by incredible parents, relatives, guardians, families, professionals, caregivers, the list goes on. In short, we are a force to be reckoned with. So that was what my little audio clip was. So if you want to watch the whole video, it's over on um, Chewy Gem's Facebook page. Um, chewy Gem is spelled C-H-E-W-I. G-E-M, um, so not with a Y. Um, but yeah, go check it out, it's on their Facebook page. A few different kind of, um, how should I put it, influencers? I don't know, maybe like autistic people who have a social media presence, let's put that, um, shared their views as well. And it was a really interesting video to watch, so I recommend going and checking it out. Um, so yeah, that was for World um, Autism Awareness Week. <laughs> So I've got a few more things that I thought I'd um, talk about and mention. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was a few books that I've kind of bought recently. Um, so they arrived this week. Um, so at the moment, I'm actually currently reading Brief Answers to the Big Questions by Stephen Hawking, which I'm like qu quite close to finishing, um, which is a good book. I would recommend it, although it's very kind of mathsy slash sciencey. So some of it has gone over my head. <laughs> um, anyway. 
Um, yeah, I bought a couple of books off Amazon UK and I've seen a few people reading them um, and posting like good things about them across social media. So um, I'm trying to be, kind of read more around my special interests like um, design and um, mainly graphic design as well as like I'm really interested in police and crime. Um, but I also, I'm trying to get more into reading sensory and autism books too. Some ones that kind of talk around those topics. So the books that I bought, the first one was called Camouflage, The Hidden Lives of Autistic Women by Dr. Sarah Bargelia. I think that's how you say it. Barget, Bargelia. If you, t if you type in Camouflage, The Hidden Lives of Autistic Women, it will come up in Google. <laughs> And also I saw another post someone did about a book called So Sad Today and um, their personal essays by Melissa Broder. Um, so I've posted a picture of both of those on my Instagram um, just because I've seen people reading them and they seem to have been saying like really interesting things about them. Um, so hang on, if I, let me get my phone. I've taken a picture of the back of these books let's have a look where is it so if i start with the camouflage book let's see what people have said about it dr sarah bargelia is a london-based clinical psychologist with a research interest in autism and gender she holds a doctorate in clinical psychology on MA in Child Development from UCL and a BA in Graphic Design and Illustration from Central St. Martin's College of Art and Design. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't realise she did graphic design as well. That's what I do. Okay. And then Sophie Standing is a London-based designer and illustrator specialising in human science. I think she's the illustrator of the book. Her style combines digital and handmade with an emphasis on rich colour textures and metaphorical concepts. Okay. Let's see, there's some, there's a thing on the back. Okay, so on the back of the book it says, what is autism? How does it differ in women compared to men? And why is autism in women so often missed? This graphic novel explores the experiences and difficulties faced by women on the spectrum, such as late or incorrect diagnosis and having to master the art of pretending to be normal. A fascinating insight into an underrepresented condition. So it looks really good, and I've read the reviews on Amazon, which look really good as well. So I will read that, and I'll do a little like review on my blog and my Instagram, I think. And then the back of the So Sad book, it says... So Lena Dunham has put a quote saying, If Melissa Broder weren't so effing funny, I would have wept through this entire book. So that's quite good. <laughs> um, okay, so what's she written? That is a hard word to say. Unapologetically intimate essays on sex, death, mental illness, and other taboos by poet and writer Melissa Broder, the creator of At So Sad Today. So that's what her book kind of mentions. Um, I think she's kind of, I don't know, she does a mix of kind of poetry and essays on it. Um, so let's see what people have written on the back. The Observer have written raw and confessional Broder writes movingly and Melissa Broder lays herself bare but she does so with strength, savvy and style. So Sad Today reveals so much about what it is to live in this world right now and that's by Roxane Gay. And then 
Emma Jane Unsworth, author of Animals, has written an utterly bewitching book. There aren't many writers who can stare into the abyss and report back with humour, panache and a rich, gutsy spirit, Melissa Broder can. So it seems like a really good book and a really interesting collection of essays, um, um, especially like the mental illness kind of things I'm quite interested in. So um, again, I will kind of go over that and I will try and kind of write a review sort of thing if I can do. Um, Another few books that I have sort of been looking at, which I actually got for Christmas, um, let me just scroll down to where I put a picture of them on my Instagram. Here they are. Okay, so one of my New Year's resolutions was to draw more um, for like my 21 and Century blog and social media. Like I love drawing, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so it's kind of difficult and I feel like my mental health can get in the way of inspiration to draw. Um, for Christmas, I was um, like lucky to receive some of like my favourite illustrations, Ill- illustrators, books as gifts, like from my family. So I got um, a book called It's All Absolutely Fine, Life is Complicated, so I've drawn it instead. And that's by someone called Ruby Elliot. You might have seen her online as Ruby, um, etc., on Instagram she is so cool and she does the most like craziest drawings and I just love her style it's so kind of sketchy and I definitely like would recommend checking her out Um, a lot of people repost her stuff so you've probably seen it and then another book which I have actually read since Christmas is called Quiet Girl in a Noisy World an introvert story by Debbie Tung and she's at where's my bubble on Instagram and it is the most beautiful book. Um, it's like an introvert story, as it says in the title, and it follows her and how she met um, her husband and how she kind of worked through her graduation and then kind of started building up her life as a sort of adult. And it's all it's all drawn. It's all like a comic. Um, and it's beautiful. Her drawing style is just... It's, it's really nice. It's kind of a kind of black and white, sort of bluey kind of tinge to it so it's not like a really overwhelming comic because sometimes I find comics are just way too colourful but it's it's beautifully like drawn and there's kind of humour throughout it as well and I really recommend it um I saw a lot of my kind of self in it um as a kind of introvert and she finds out that she's quite a sensitive person and that she kind of takes on other people's emotions like if someone's sad she'll kind of feel that sadness and things like that um also just her struggling to become not, not to become an adult, but to kind of function in normal settings. And a bit like me, she has to, like, she kind of has these social hangovers. I like to call them sensory hangovers, but the same thing, um, where she has to sort of stop and recharge her batteries. So it's a really good book. I definitely recommend it. Um, so it's called Quiet Girl in a Noisy World um, by Debbie Tong. And then the last book that I got at Christmas, which I, I think I might read after the Stephen Hawking book, is called I Really Didn't Think This Through by Beth Evans and she's at Beth Draws Things on Instagram and she's it's like tales from her like adult life and again it's kind of a sort of all of these books are kind of hand-drawn um some of them I think Ruby etc hers has less sort of of a story going throughout it. it's more of a collection of drawings and 
Beth Evans is more kind of like written with drawings in between, which is quite like they all have different kind of ways of presenting the drawings, which is I find quite interesting. Um, but yeah, it I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a really funny book, and I love her drawing style. Again, it's quite simple. It's kind of black and white, and actually all of these are black and white, which I didn't realise. <laughs> See, I just get drawn to the kind of I get drawn to the more simpler kind of drawings and things because I feel like you don't need a hell of load of colour to say things. Um, but yeah, all three of these illustrators are like hugely inspirational to me. Um, and I'll be kind of posting more about the books when I read them. I don't know if you just heard that, that was my post box. <laughs> um, I think I might have a package. Um, yeah, so those are my little books. There's five there, yeah. And since kind of reading... Um, and flicking through a couple of these books on the um, drawings. I've definitely been drawing more. If you want to see any of my drawings, they're on Instagram and on my blog, so 21sensory.wordpress.com or just 21sensory on Instagram. So yeah, um, I've kind of, how many have I drawn? Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've kind of done six drawings. A couple of them are more kind of black and white sketchy kind of some of them are more um like handwritten um but yeah I've done the two ones that I'm most proud of are um things that spark joy and the one that I did recently which was last week which was um good distractions to use during autistic good distractions to use during autistic slash sensory burnout or when in meltdown and then I've like listed six things with like drawings um It'd be really cool if you could check them out and let me know what you think. And if you have any other ideas of stuff I could draw, I'm always open to them. Um, I've had like, since I've posted them, I've had like a few people ask me, like, would I do drawings for them and stuff? But um, I don't know, it's kind of difficult because I work full time. Um, and they were kind of saying, oh, I'll share, like, I'll share your drawings and stuff and not necessarily be paid for them. So I'm a bit like, eh. So I'm going to see how it goes. <laughs> I'm just going to keep drawing um, just because I enjoy it at the moment, I think, and see where it goes. Um, yeah, so if you'd like to check them out, that would be cool. Um, yeah, so what else did I want to talk about? I've got a little list in front of me. Um, drawing more I've done. Books I've read I've done. Birthday. Eh. So today is Monday the 6th of May, and I'm recording this at 3pm. Um and on I should know my birthday really it's May 14th yes which is Tuesday so not this week next week I think yeah if it's the sixth today yeah um now I've written a post before about how much I hate my birthday um I don't know if I can find it I'm gonna scroll back and see if I can but I just struggle <laughs> every year I really hate my birthday Everyone's like, what are you doing for your birthday, Emily? I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Because <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just don't enjoy... I think it's the it's the kind of attention you get on your birthday, which sounds really like, why don't you enjoy your birthday? It's just people being nice to you, which it is. But I don't know, I just, it, I find it difficult. Like, the kind of, I don't know not pressure put on you that's that's not that's not what I'm saying the kind of I don't know people sort of want it's like your big day and I'm like no it's not 
Like, it's 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 another day, and I, I just like normal days. I like my normal nine till five, and I know it's one day in the year, but I'm kind of like this on other people's birthdays as well. I just, I just really hate it. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like the attention to be on me. Ah, oh, I found my blog post. So this was a blog post back in 2016. We're in 2019 today, people. So, what did I write? Oh, this is really interesting. Okay, so I just finished uni and I didn't have a weekly routine anymore, so that probably didn't help. And I also put that I wasn't fun- functioning particularly well because um, the weighted blanket that I'd hired to try... Um, was on its way so I wasn't sleeping with it so I sleep with my weighted blanket every day (laughs) so now what did I write I put that I'm very rubbish when it comes to special occasions I'd booked the day off work as it was my birthday and my family had been asking me for weeks what I wanted to do and I really didn't want to do anything I put like zilch zero nothing I know that's not how people are meant to celebrate their birthday as much as presents are lovely and thoughtful, if I could, I would love to know what I was getting as it would remove the element of surprise. That is so me. This is so weird to read back because I feel exactly the same. (laughs) I think my graduation was coming up as well. Yes, it was. I didn't feel good. So, I'd ask people for tips on how to cope. I think, I think the problem back then, it was 20, it was May 2016. So the 8th of May I wrote that, and I was finishing uni, I was soon to be graduating and having my graduation ceremony, which I didn't look forward to, because I hate dressing up. Um, so that's so interesting to read. And I had I put like a little meme of a grumpy cat that put happy birth, and then underneath it just says no, <laughs> capitals. So yeah, and the name of that post was Big Day Struggles, and it's still it's still the same, oh my god. Right, guys, I haven't changed at all. I'm still the same old Emily. I still hate my birthday. It's it's weird. I'm going to be 25, and that's, like, a lot of years to be alive. Um, and I feel old, but people will say that 25 isn't old. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm still... I'm still a little bit amazed that I, I wrote that and still feel the exact same way. And that was when I was, like, 21? Yeah? I can't do the maths. I'm really bad at maths. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, okay, what else have I got to talk about? I think that is it, actually. This has been a really long podcast, so I'd like to apologise if if you didn't really want it to be a long podcast and you just kind of wanted a general chat and to kind of move on with your lives. Um, what else was I going to talk about? Oh! I was going to talk about two more things and they're kind of brief so don't worry um i'm gonna name this section of the podcast granola gate and you'll understand in a minute why um so i'm slightly obsessed with granola and like cereal in general because they both have like really nice crunchy textures and they give me like proper sensory feedback in my mouth when i eat it i know i'm going off on one but stick with me so I like to have granola with yogurt and grapes and blueberries and raspberries and stuff and like cereal with grapes and stuff. So it's like things like Special K or like bran flakes. Um, so whenever I go out of my like open plan office and sit with my work friends at lunch, I keep getting it where they quiz me on my lunch choice. Like they're like, these are, some of them aren't 
some of them are more kind of acquaintances and friends, let's put it like that. And they're like, Emily, why are you having breakfast for lunch? And what do you eat at breakfast if you're having granola now? And this like really annoys me. <laughs> like, because number one, it's my lunch. Like I choose to eat what I like. I, I feel like that's okay. Um, 24, I can choose what I want to eat. Um, and I don't actually eat hot food. Like I only eat hot food at dinner time because I have um, like um, urticaria. So um, like hot stuff makes me come out in hives on my... Um, hands, face, chest, legs, etc. So anyway, I try and stick to dinner at home in case that happens. Um, And I usually don't really fancy a big meal or sandwich at lunch, and I'm just happy eating granola. And I also feel like, number two, I've never questioned anybody else's lunch choice. Like, even if their choice is too much for my my nose to process and it's, like, overwhelming me. Like, sometimes I find that, like, people are, like, microwaving, like, fish and things. I find that really difficult. Um, But I, I would never say anything, like, to them anyway it's like I think everyone has their go-to like comfort food and like that's perfectly okay like obviously in moderation and I love like cereals like literally the crunchier the better so things like crunchy nut cornflakes shreddies frosties rice krispies like any of those I really like but I like love them for their texture and taste and I think I would totally eat cereal for each meal but apparently this isn't okay and I have to get a bit more like nutrition in but yeah I just thought I'd share that because I don't know it really annoys me because for me it's it's I don't know it's it's relatively healthy with fruit and it's what I choose to eat so why why are other people making a comment on it and making me feel small (laughs) like oh Emily why are you eating breakfast for lunch like I just feel like it's quite a childish thing um I don't know has anyone else had this like I feel like I could eat cereal for whatever meal I want to you know I'm an adult it's my choice what I eat and it just it kind of it annoyed me as you can hear (laughs) um one of my friends was kind of understanding one of my like closer friends at work was like just ignore them I don't know why they keep saying it so she was kind of understanding of it but yes it it was a bit annoying because like I'm trying to function in a noisy kind of canteen for lunch. Like, the last thing I need is people, like, having a go at me for what I'm eating. (laughs) Yes. Right. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to leave you with one little thing, which was someone on my 21 and Sensory YouTube channel, um, underneath one of my fidget videos, I think I have, like, two or three videos on YouTube, not that much, um, like, commented to say that I sound like Emma Watson. (laughs) in my in my videos which I think is so lovely it's like the best compliment I've ever had um like via the internet but I've never heard it before and I'm taking it as a compliment but I don't know if you guys also feel like I sound like Emma Watson and if it's just a kind of posh voice that I have because I'm English (laughs) I don't know I don't know what it is but yeah I just thought I'd leave you with that someone someone in the world out there thinks I sound like Emma Watson and and that is a good thing (laughs) okay so i'm i'm going i'm going to stop talking um thank you for listening to this podcast if you got to the end of this podcast you deserve an award thank you very much for listening this long to me just rambling um again gonna drop all my social media links right now so at 21 sensory um on twitter and instagram and um 21andsensory.wordpress.com for my blog if you fancy reading some more stuff um, feel free to drop me a message via social media or 
my email is 21sensory at gmail.com I've had a few people emailing me um, lots of like different age people as well which is really nice to talk to um, loads of different people um, so do still feel free to message me um, I'm very much of the opinion that no question is a silly question like no question is a stupid question so feel free to message me whatever um, I will always try and reply um, and I have a few pen friends which is really nice and I'm still enjoying talking to them so yeah feel free to contact me if you want to um, so until the next podcast I will see you guys later um, I'm more active on social media so feel free to catch up with what I'm doing there okay thank you bye Thank <laughs> you.